Praise the Lord. So at this time, so we just want to show what, what they've been, what God's been doing in their life in, in Sunday schools. And so um, we also ask you real quick, get that um, envelope. They made some beautiful cards for the crucified their Messiah, they went to Peter. What is it that I must do? Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I said, Lord, I've even been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been bought with a price. Amen. Sometimes we forget about the price of Calvary. Sometimes we forget about the cost of what Calvary really was. We wear it around our neck. We wear it in our ears. But we really don't understand the real cost of what the cross was and what it, it exemplified. But I begin to say, yes, Lord, I've been washed in the blood of your spirit. I, I'm, and my confidence rests in the finished work of your power and your crucifixion, your death, burial, and resurrection. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. My confidence is in you. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I believe I'm ready. But God kept coming back to me. Kept hearing him say, are you ready? Are you ready? We're not here to play church. I didn't come to entertain no one today. I came to bring you a word from the Lord. And God is telling and asking the church, are you ready? The question is, am I ready if the Lord splits the clouds of glory? Am I ready if he takes the word of God out of my hand and takes it away from me? Am I ready if he shuts down the body of church that we assemble in today? Am I ready? But I sensed that he was speaking of something more than just knowing I was saved. I heard him say again, are you ready? Then I began to understand he was asking me, are you prepared for the immediate action or use that may come? That what, what, that's what ready means. Are you mentally? Have I prepared myself mentally? Have I prepared myself spiritually? Have I prepared myself emotionally and even physically prepared for the coming of the Lord? We sit in a church. I'm not saying it was a great move of dance. You know, I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. I'm going to be free. I'm not saying that there was a mighty move of God slaying people in the spirit. But I'm going to tell you, I'm ready I want to be even readier. And when, it, and when it says, am I emotionally, physically, spiritually ready? Physically, if I have the ability to do what I can do right now in the, in the natural sense, then I'm going to do it in Jesus' name. If it's all I can do is just walk back and forth and lift my hands, and I'm going to do it. If all I can do is stand still and clap my hands, I'm going to do what I can do to give God the glory. Are you ready? Everything going on in the news is destroying, trying to divide the church, trying to divide white and black and, uh, and all nationalities. You might as well say it's just trying to divide all of us. 
But then I heard him again say, are you ready? Then the scripture came to my mind, Luke 1.17, and he shall go before him in the, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of, of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The scripture was speaking of John the Baptist's ministry as a forerunner of Jesus, getting people ready to receive the ministry of what Jesus was going to come and share. Amen. In other words, he was preparing them to be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in a place uh, and to have a place ready so that when the ministry came forth, that the power of the Holy Ghost would begin to benefit the people. I can tell you, after everything we sat through yesterday without the Holy Ghost, I couldn't stand before you today. After, I don't know about you, but I grieved about the three children. I'm so mad at the devil. People want to say it wasn't the devil. There was something in that man. There was something in him to make him evil enough to kill three little children. More now than ever, this nation, this world needs Jesus. More now than ever, the church needs Jesus. You know why the church needs Jesus? Because just as Brother Ely and I were talking, we very well could have even seen that man walk through the crowd at District 5 when we were serving them food or shaking hands. We very well could have shook hands with the very man that killed that, those three children. And without the Holy Ghost or us not being prayed up like we need to be, and I'm not blaming anyone, I'm just saying I'm taking it for myself. If I'd have had a Holy Ghost discerning spirit and I shook that man's hand, I, I might have been able to speak something good into his life. You all can think whatever you want to think, but in my, I, know, I know how God works. So more now than ever, the church needs to rise up and be a church of the living God. The church needs to rise up and start operating in the gifts of God's Holy Spirit operating in words of wisdom and knowledge and prophesying and speaking healing, seeing healing, seeing deliverance. He needed delivered. There was a spirit he needed delivered from. I'm not attacking the church. What I am telling you, if I haven't repented of my sins, I haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, been filled with the Holy Ghost, and I don't keep a relationship cultivated constantly serving God I'm going to tell you if I didn't have a relationship with God I wouldn't be standing here before you today I'd have told you all Johnson preacher McNeil preacher I'm not preaching Morrison's preaching I'm not preaching today I've just been attacked I can't, I can't preach today I begin to pray I prayed all, we drove two and a half hours home last night, late last night. I began to pray, God, you know, only you can get this mind right. Only you can fix everything that's going through my mind. Three little girls and, and then, this, then a lady who is sweet as can be dies just for no reason at all. 
church devastated. Whole church showed up to the hospital. Crying, praying. I'd, I'd notify the district, let them know bad things have just taken place. We need the district praying. I started calling pastors. I said, we need to pray. We, started, we just reached out to every church. I didn't care what denomination you were. I needed people praying in Jesus' name. Because I know there's power in prayer. And where there are more, two or three gathered together in his name, there will he be in the midst of them. We need to call fire down from heaven. Just like it was on the day when Baal and Elijah started fighting. And they, they, they started building there. They're going to call on their God. Elijah said, you go ahead and call on your God. You just take and do all the, just set the fire, the, 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 the sacrifices up. You go ahead and call. He sat back. He let them call all day long. And, you know, sometimes we call all day long on our God. And we shouldn't have to call all day on our God. Our God's not distant from us unless we're distant from him. They sat there. They started cutting themselves. Ah, cussing and crying and shouting. And What happened then? Elijah said, bring in the water. Build it back up. They done tore it down. They done tore it down. Bring in, bring in some new stuff. Let's just... Let's just build it on top of their old junk so that we can prove to them that what they did is nothing compared to what my God's going to do. Amen. Some people in this house ought to get what I'm saying right now. We serve a God that's mighty and powerful. And he's ready to do a work in his people. He just spoke it to us that he's about to heal some things. Things have already been healed. People have already been delivered. There's a revival. There's a harvest. But the body has to be unified so that it can happen. Are you ready? I'm preparing emotionally. I'm preparing mentally, amen, spiritually. I'm preparing my ministry. I'm preparing for the move of God. John's ministry was the baptism of repentance from sin. Change your way of thinking, of speaking, of living. Put away your sinful life. You know, when God, I listen to people say, uh, I got the Holy Ghost, but yet they still talk like the world. I can, I, I only, I can only tell you that when God moved into this temple, this foul mouth, this lying tongue, this cursing tongue, this womanizing eyeball, all changed. The desire for drugs all went away. The desire for alcohol went away. So I don't know and I don't understand children of God who call themselves children of God who walk around professing Christ yet bring profanity out of your mouth. Yet as a man look at a woman and then talk about it. If you're married, or even if you're a child of God, I'll just make it real. Because I have to tell you, in this, God, forgive me if I'm out of your will, but if a man or a woman professes Christ, they should be living like Christ. We're to die out to sin. We're to die out of the things of this world. We're supposed to put away the things of the world. Change the way you think. Change the way you speak. I know good people that are 
call themselves Christians. But something wrong if the tongue's still dirty. And the mind's still dirty. And the heart's still dirty. Because there's no Holy Ghost living in there. Because my Bible says you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That means old things pass away. New things become new. Again, he said, are you ready? Again, the Holy Spirit said, are you ready? John's ministry was to get people ready and prepared so they could cooperate, participate with Jesus' ministry. You understand, are you ready? It's so you can participate in being a part of the ministry. I said, Lord, could you be a little more specific with me? Not speaking about getting ready for my return, he said. This message is to my people that are already saved and prepared for my coming. I've heard the Lord saying, tell them, are you ready? I'm, not, I'm really thinking, ready for what now, Lord? You might, you might be concerned too. I don't know. But I was like, well, I don't know what you want us to be ready for. I don't even know right now. Before I go any farther, let me say this first. I'm no different than you sitting in this auditorium right now. I fight the same demon you fight. I fight against the same attacks that you fight. So I'm no different than you. I might have a title, but it doesn't make me anybody. It don't make me anybody. But I will tell you, I want Jesus to come. And I want to fly away from this wicked world. I think that sometimes we need to be practicing our takeoff. Amen. To be ready for your takeoff, you need to have some things in place. You need to have your your running gear down. You need to make sure you're... Your boosters and your engines are working right on your jet. Amen. Because the only way you're going to make it is if there's been some mechanicing done. If there's been some things uh, checked out and you've got some fuel in your system. Amen. You're going to have to have something if you're going to take off when he splits the clouds of glory. And my fuel is repentance of my sin. And if I haven't been baptized, being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I know this goes against some of your doctrines and some of your teachers. It's in the Bible. I don't, I don't know what it, you argue with God. But we need to begin to practice our takeoff. I also have, a, I have to ask you this question. Why did Jesus give us the power of the Holy Spirit? Why did he give you the power of the Holy Ghost? Say it again. To finish the work that he started. Not only that, without his power, do you have the energy and strength to do it? Do you have the energy and strength to love me? No. Who said no like that? That's, I love that girl right there. I'm, I'm praying her back in the D.C. in Jesus' name. 
The military got her all the way down in Tennessee, in the hills of Tennessee. But we're going to pray her back to D.C. in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost fire. But without the Holy Ghost, you can't love me. And if I wrong you, uh, let me pull the blade out on you now. I'm ready to take you out. Don't cross me again. You don't know the old man, B.C. B.C. guy, he's a bad guy. He don't play no games. But he's been crucified. Jesus came inside. No more old man in this old boy. He done changed his dance partner. That's why I can dance for Jesus when I've been through the storm. When I've had, to, I don't have to turn to the alcohol. Amen. Which would have been something I'd have done at 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning last night after driving home from Salisbury. I'd have taken to the bottle to drink away my sorrow. Come on up. Come on up. But we prayed. We, we put on music, begin to praise God on the way home. Said, God, we already know it's in your hands. Whether, we, whether you decide to save her, turn her around, heal her, raise her up or what, we're still going to praise you. And then all of a sudden, we pull off the road. We needed a cup of coffee. We pull off the road in the Royal Farms right in Cane, uh, no, right over the wood, uh, that bridge, the Bay Bridge. There's a, a Royal Farms right over here on the left, right? I'm going to tell you what happened. What, I, what do I say, Sister Reynolds? I wasn't talking about death no more. I, I said, this is a place we need to start an outreach. Right here. We need to come in here on Saturday evening and just stand here and talk about the goodness of God. Every young person that came in there, I said, they need Jesus. It wasn't woe is me. It wasn't death is on the door knocking. I began to look at souls again because I knew they were not saved. She's saved. I knew she's in a good God's hand, a great God's hand. But I need to know there's more people that need to know what I got. You need to share what you got. We're praying. Let me just tell you, we're praying because if it happens, we're going to start a work up there and we will either leave here on Saturday night, have church up there Saturday night, come back here Sunday till we get a congregation up there and then we'll start it. We'll just shut it, send someone up there, leave them up there. God's raising an army. I want to be a part of the army. I want to be unified. You be in front of me. You know how to march. I don't. I'm going I'm to march. I want to be a, I want to be a part of God's army. Amen. I'm going to walk with my brother. I'm going to fight with my brother. We're going to win souls. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see walls coming down. We're going to see prejudice barriers being broken in Jesus' name. We're binding together because revival, harvest is in the city. Revival's in the house. But you've got to come to a place where you want to be a part of God's army. You want to walk in the army in Jesus' name. You've got to get in the army and begin to fight the good fight of faith. And no matter what comes. No matter what. No matter what. 
right? In Jesus' name. We're staying the course in Jesus' name. No matter what. No matter what. Don't death knock on the door. No matter what. Are you ready? How about the blood? The right hand and authority of his name. We need to have the nine gifts of the spirit operating in us. Jesus said it was to make us salt and light. The point is while we're here living ready for his coming, we're supposed to be occupying the land. Advancing the word of God. Advancing the kingdom of God. Invading the darkness of this community in Jesus name. Undoing the devil's work. Healing the sick. Casting out devils. Amen. Casting out devils. Delivering the bound and the oppressed. Let me tell you something. That man, is de- he was bound or oppressed by something demonic. Are you ready? Again, I said, ready for what? Then he said, ready for the shaking. I almost, and I'm not a political guy, so please don't take this wrong with what I'm about to say. It's not racial, but I can tell you we're in a very, very, very bad place with a loosed tongue leader that we have right now. If he don't make you pray, nothing going to make you pray. I don't care what party you are. I don't really care. You can vote for whatever you want to vote for. You can put whatever you want to put in there. But I'm here to tell you what we got now. You know the old saying with loose lips sink ships. Oh, he got loose lips all right. Y'all better start praying because there's a shaking coming. I've been sent. I don't like to stand here and warn you. But as a shepherd, I have to stand and sound the warning. Sound the trump. You've got to be ready for what Jesus has in store for the church. Now, now the shake is not going to be because of you. Habakkuk 2 and 1 says, I will stand upon my watch and set me up on the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. So I've said it before, just like I said it again. I'm repeating it right now to you. I am a watchman to stand up on the watch, which means the watchtower, which means to be faithful to prayer, the prayer hour, and to be faithful to prayer, give us a spiritual insight, advance warning to the church so that we'll be ready for what the devil is bringing against us. When I see people battling. Now I'm not saying, let me say this. I'm not saying if I was if something happens to my wife, I'm not gonna be shook. I will be shook, just like that pastor was shook. 
because she my friend, she my helpmate, she my lover, she my best friend, she my prayer team partner. She, she senses things when I can't even sense things with myself. I've said it before, though, but I'm the watchman. I don't like to always be the watchman, but God has set me in this place for right now to be your watchman. I wouldn't be a watchman if I didn't warn you of what I see coming down the road. My first responsibility is to stand in the presence of God. Secondly is to watch, to have eyes to see in the spirit which is coming. Then to say what I see and what I see is a church that if we don't get together and begin to seek the face of God, there's some things that are going to begin to shake. Amen. And not that I want to see you shaking and fall out of the house of God, but there is a shaking that's going to take place that's going to deliberately remove you. I don't have the liberty to echo what's popular like the Joel Osteens and like the uh, T.D. Jakes. Thank you. I don't, have that, I don't have that luxury to stand up here. Uh, one, because they may say they're under God's role, rule, but they don't have enough fear of God's rule to speak God's word completely. They never tell you what is dividing you from the love of Christ. They just tell you, love God, talk good, give and pay a seed, sow a seed. You can sow all the seed you want to sow, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to be get you into heaven. You can't even buy yourself into heaven. He already paid that price. All you need to do is follow his word. What, what, what really kills me? Actually, it's, it, it's not ha-ha. I guess sometimes I want to go ha-ha. Sometimes I just go, dear God. This is going to be a bit meddling, okay? So if you're a guest, I love you. If you, if, 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 amen. If this is your house of worship and you're a child of God here, put your seatbelt on. Because as a man of God, I, I see this is, I, I, you know, I, I've heard people up here, you know, one of the worst things. You know why I sit down there the whole time I worship? Anybody want to guess? <laughs> people raise, Hallelujah. Some crazy folks up in here, ain't they? Up here shouting, running around, spitting all over people. Can you believe this? But let me just put my banner on. Whatever team you are, get up in the bleacher. It could be raining. It could be snowing. You, 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 the team, first you sitting there anyway. You just sitting there. Just about the same way we sit in the house of God. I'm meddling, so if you're a guest, just hang on. Just 
I love you. I want you to know I love you. I'm just trying to ready the team that's here right now that, that, that calls this their house, their home. Amen. You hear me when I say we sit there. We go to a ball game. Man, I, I wonder who my team's winning, bud. Woo. Your team is Dallas. They're losing today. We're kicking it to you. We're kicking you. We're kicking you to the curb. Because we're going to take this game. Right? We talk about our team like he, like they, and they don't pay you and I nothing. <laughs> nothing. Right? Not a team. But we're going to cheer our team on. They walk out on the field all of a sudden. Everybody stands up out of the bleacher. Wow! Beer. Wow! I got my beer bath. Wow! People don't get mad. Come to the house of God. You just watch it, girl, because I'm going to sweat and spit all over you. <laughs> wow! Tamarine pounding. And we can't stand to be next to one another who's, who's worshiping God. Fair up all hands. Saying the name high I'm like the tree planted by waters. I shall not be moved. I wish to God that the whole church would shake so bad. Bleachers fall down. People have to stand up and do something for Jesus. I wish the legs would just fall off so that somebody got to stand up for the one who died on Calvary, who paid the price for your soul. That's who I worship. Are you ready? Understand, I don't like preaching these kind of messages. I want to preach praise, worship, run, shout, jump. But when it comes to my responsibility as a watchman, I have to preach what God had to be obedient. If you think I like preaching these kind of messages, you're wrong. I don't like the trials, I don't like the hardships, I don't like the tests. I don't like the diversities and, and the adversaries and the difficulties and the natural disasters that come. To tell you the truth, I never thought we'd be here either where we are as a nation. I don't even recognize this nation anymore. We murder babies in the name of convenience. Call it pro-choice. 60 million babies have been murdered by legalized abortion since the courts ruled in the Roe versus Wade decision. And now the monster called Planned Parenthood has been caught red-handed admitting to selling the body parts of those children. First photographs that came out of the White House after being banned for 40 years were pictures of gay activists giving the finger. I didn't do that to you. I just went like that. <laughs> Don't get worried. I'm not doing nothing in God's house that caused me to get struck down. But giving a finger 
to Ronald Reagan's portrait. Another photo was two lesbians kissing under the same portrait. And just last year in Kennedy, in Kentucky, excuse me, I think it was last year, was it last year when the lady was arrested, put in jail for not refusing to give the license? I heard the Holy Spirit say again, are you ready? I said, ready for what, Lord? And he said, ready, ready for prayer to be outlawed. Not in America. Not in my America. If the man is not standing there now, it's not looking like a dictator. I don't know what you all think he looked like, but he looked like a dictator to me. I'm just saying. But here's what God said, okay? That's just me. I'm going to tell you what God said. You ready for prayer to be outlawed? And I thought, God, that can't be possible. No one can make prayer illegal. He reminded me of Daniel and when it was against the law to pray, but Daniel prayed anyway and he was thrown in the lion's den. That's what he brought back to mind. Church, hear me when I say, we go to school. We're youth. We go to school. We don't even think about what we do in the house of God. We're young people. We don't think about what's coming down the pike. Uh, remnant 18 to 30, we don't think about what's coming down the road. 31 and up, we're not thinking about what's coming down the road. He said, for owning a Bible to be outlawed. You know why he said, hide the word? Where? Why? You might not have the Bible anymore. Then he said, for ministry to be outlawed. The example was Paul and Silas. They were thrown in jail for delivering a woman from being demon-possessed. For assembling, assembling together to worship to be outlawed. For preaching the gospel to be outlawed. For freedom of worship to be taken away. In other words, for it to be against the law to worship. Are you ready for God's judgment on the sins of this nation? This is the scripture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to bring the scripture he gave me. Before I do, here's what he said. Are you ready for wars? I don't know about you, but what just happened in Virginia, was that not, I mean, we don't call that a war because that's not on foreign ground, right? That's just ignorance of what's going on over there. That's a war. It's a spiritual war. A demonic war that's raging a spirit of prejudice that's trying to, to destroy what men and women have fought to keep unified uh, with Martin Luther King and every advocate past. You name Mark, uh, uh, Tubman. All of them have fought for us to have unity and be who we are today. And those people are trying to destroy it. And we as God's people, we come to church, we sit down and have worship. And we don't pray against that demonic spirit. We need to bind that demonic spirit. Send it back to the pits of hell. Loose Holy Ghost on them. Are you ready for wars? You ready for the occurrence of natural disasters, earthquakes, floods, tsunamis, tornadoes, drought, famine, pestilence, volcanoes? 
Matthew 24, 7 through 12 says, For the nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are becoming or beginning of sorrow. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated for of all nations in my sake, my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets. The remnant asked me a question one day. And these are my convictions. These are not your convictions. This is not their convictions. This is not the church's convictions. They asked me the question about music. At one point, I was listening to 104.1. I was listening to 91.9, I think it is. And then I, I just listened to gospel, you know, good old gospel. And then, God, and then God began to deal with me to find out what those artists actually stand, who they stand for, what they stand for, who are they really in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus took take the wheel. Remember that song? Jesus take the wheel. That girl hit on us so that she could get us to buy her stuff. She's still in the world. You need to throw that record away. <laughs> and rebuke the spirit that doesn't sing into your car or in your house, whatever it is. Let me tell you something, church. They, they, then they asked me, well, said, how long did it take you to get there? It took me a while to understand there's some things going on in these artists. Amen. They just want my money. I mean, I, I'm being real. Search out your artists before you really start delving into their worship and praise. Know who you were listening to. Because if they have any satanic or demonic uh, affiliations, I'm entertaining that spirit in my car. And in the name of the Lord... I'll say that's Jesus, and be a, and be inter, actually entertaining the devil, and not know it, and then wonder why I can't operate in the giftings that God has given me. But because I'm entertaining things I shouldn't be entertaining, I can't be fully used or in, or even operate in the giftings God's given me. Or let alone know when this heart is messed up and needs to get to an altar and sit in the house of God and deny that there's anything wrong with me. When the Bible said in Romans, Tiana probably can quote it, for all. I'm not picking on it. I'm not picking on her. She's my friend. I wouldn't pick on my friend. The Bible said, for all have fallen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right? So that starts. Me, okay? It didn't say with the exemptions or the exception of bishop and pastor. The rest of you have sinned and fallen short of glory of God. When he put all, right. 
That took in everything sitting in this building, outside the building, in the White House, in the big churches, the big cathedrals, in the small churches, in the little churches, in the everywhere. So that tells me that when we walk in the house of God, there is always something that might need to be put under the blood of Jesus. That needs to be repented of before we come in. Listen, before they could even enter into the tabernacle, there had to be a sacrifice. You haven't heard me. That sacrifice was something that they were given because they knew they had done wrong. And the law couldn't fix what they did wrong. That's why the sacrifice was only a something to perpetuate or push it forward for the next either sin or year. But there had to be something. It had to cost them something to come in to worship. We come in. I'm sorry, I'm meddling. I know I, I, how long have I been. How, I see you. Before, my, I, that's my helpmate over here. She said, <laughs> she worried about you all the time. But, but let me tell you something. My ship is, God, is on God's time. Amen. And I'm not trying to abuse this time, but what I'm telling you is when he says my ship is leaving, <laughs> I want to be in the ship. I'm not worried about Anything going on here on earth, I want to get on the ship. You see something wrong with me, tell me you see something wrong with me. I don't want to have fought the good fight of faith and preached to you and something be wrong with me and me standing there. I'm waiting for the train. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. And everybody get on and him not let me on the train. Y'all go, that's stupid. No, it isn't. He said, no, Reynolds, you stay here for a moment. I'm taking all these good, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled people up with me, and then I'll bring you up next. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, I know none of you are running and jumping, shouting now. Go to Galatians for me, sis. This is what God woke me up with yesterday morning. He really gave me two specific verses to read. And when I get there, I will tell you. But I'm, uh, okay, you're good. That's cool. We're going to start at the beginning. Paul, an apostle, not a man, neither by men, man, but Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And of all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. So what he was saying was, I just want to address you, brethren and sister, that Jesus gave himself for you and your sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil time, and this world according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Which we know glory comes from the Lord. Amen. I, am, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto other gospel. He's like, wait a minute. I've come. Something ain't right. 
Some of you have kind of, there have been some changes here. You, you, you don't really, you don't worship like you used to worship. You don't pray like you used to pray. While, while worship's going on. Got it. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Right? Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Let me tell you something. The devil is trying to pervert the word of God with us. People, people that attended the church for 25 years, they're gone. They've been deceived. They've walked away from truth. They're not even in a church anymore. I go knock on a door. I leave a card. Call me. I want to talk with you. Can't even get a call. The Bible talks about the elect falling away. The elect are people that have sat in the word of God many years. But they've been sitting under it so long that it's become numb. They become, their hearts become numb to the word of God. Their spirit has become unhungry and thirsty for the word of God. That they're not even in a place of wanting to hear it anymore. And now they denounce. They denounce. But though we are, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, watch what he says. Let me tell you something. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now. This is where God gave me it. He woke me up with this verse through 11. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Let me be accursed if I preach anything other than God's word. For do I now persuade men or do I persuade God? I know I'm adding a little bit. Or do I seek to please men? So let me assure you, I didn't come here to please anyone but Jesus. For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. If you're doing what you do to please man and not Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I'll stop right there. Let me tell you something, church. You've got to have revelation of the word of God. We're breaking word down in, in our class now trying to make sure that we understand the word of God. That when it's coming forth that we will know the time, the setting, the era. So that we know what God's trying to say to the body so, or, or to the remnant and, and, and our group. Because we want them to be powerful. That when, when they begin to reach out into the communities, the false doctors or doctrines and the preachers and the teachers that are out here won't deceive them. I'm coming to a close if, our, if a Grace Gospels musicians 
I know that multitudes of people, including many believers, have an idea that everything is fine and wonderful and everything's getting better and better and that people that talk like this is just fear mongers. I'm sure some of you think that I'm just trying to put fear in your heart. Let me tell you something. My job is to warn you. That's the only thing my job is to do. If you think I'm here to put fear in you, I'm not here to put fear in you because if, if, if you don't have your own personal walk with God, it's not going to last. I pray that we don't feed off of and take pleasure in causing people to fear. But our assignment is not to incite you to fear what's coming, but to prepare for what's coming. God has some things coming to this church. It's already been prophesied in Jesus' name. And when you are prepared, equipped, and ready, then you won't fear what's about to come. Amen. Noah heard the voice of God, and he prepared an ark for the saving of his family. Joseph was sent by God to Egypt to prepare the seven-year famine that covered the earth. To prepare means to make ready in advance, to plan for, to take steps ahead of time. To make ready in case this fact is there is major shaking coming to the United States. There's major shaking coming to the United States. Hebrews says it like this in 12, 26 through 27. Yet once more I shake not only the earth but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifying the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And then he said, are you ready? And I thought again, for what? What else can there be? I don't think I can take anymore, Lord. Many of us sitting here right now going, I don't know if I can take. Some of you don't even, you know, you've kind of shut the message out, but that's all right. I don't think I can take anymore, Lord. And then he said, are you ready for the greatest revival? Mm. To hit America. He said to me, are you ready for the greatest revival that's going to hit America? He said that this last day revival is going to embrace everything in full measure that has been in former revivals in a limited measure. He said the apostle... The apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist will be in a place and they will function together in perfect order and harmony. He said the apostle movement or apostolic movement, the prophetic movement, the teaching movement, signs and wonders, and the gifts of the spirit will all come together for the last day revival. And I said, Lord, how can this world, being so dark and evil, how can that happen? And he said, that's no surprise to me. I told you that that was going to be this way. I told you how it's going to be. I told you that the darkness in this world would be the black backdrop for the manifestation of my glory. Then he came to me with Isaiah 61 through 3. Arise and shine if you'll rise, rise with me. The scripture says, Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness. The people, 
but, and the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and the kings of the brightness of thy rising. As I bring this message to a close, it doesn't matter what happens in this world. It doesn't matter how dark this world gets or how evil or wicked it gets or perverse it gets. The thing that the Lord is going to be looking for is the true church, the true child of God. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Just like Noah's ark, the higher the flood waters rose, the higher it lifted the ark, and the ark rode on top of it all. I've come to tell you today, church, the church is not leaving here a wimpy church. We're not leaving here like a whipped dog with our tail between our legs. We're not seek, sneaking off to get away. The church is going to be on fire. The church is not going to be sleeping. Just like Israel coming out of Egypt, she left with a high hand. When we leave, we are going to leave in a blaze of glory. The true blood, the blood bought, blood washed, Holy Ghost filled, Holy Ghost anointed, Holy Ghost empowered church of the living God is getting ready to stand up. And my desire is, is that we're a part of that church that stands up in adversity, that takes a stand that takes the scripture and begins to put it into action. It's my favorite scripture is, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Whether my wife comes to church or not, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Whether my children come to church, I will serve the Lord. No matter what, I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter where life, death, finances, whatever it is, I'm going to serve the Lord. You see the book of Acts was the New Testament church in its infancy. But before Jesus returns, we're going to see the church in her maturity, full of the power, full of the glory, full of the anointing. So my question is, are you ready? Are you ready for persecution? I'm not chasing after a Mr. So-and-so down the street I'm not chasing after Miss so and so down the street I'm not preaching to no one down the street I'm preaching to a church right here are you ready for persecution are you ready for shaking are you ready for the glory there's a shaking coming But I don't want to focus totally on the shaking, church. Many of you right now, you're thinking about the shaking. You're going, Lord, I don't want to be shook. I don't want to be shaken out of here. 
Haggai said in 2 and 7 says, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations will come. I will fill this house with, the, with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. First, the shaking. But the thing that we need to focus on is the glory that comes after the shaking. I believe God's trying to shake us for a place so that the glory can start operating in us right now in Jesus' name. So I ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? I won't preach any other gospel. I'm not preaching tickling ears messages. I'm preaching to the heart today. I'm preaching the word of God today. God's saying, I've come, I've visited, and I need to know, are you ready? Because if you're ready, I'm ready to pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. He said, I'm ready to renew that which has been gotten old or maybe just dried up. I'm ready to renew it. I'm ready to put a new life, a new bounce in your step. I have things in store for you, but are you ready? He said, I'm not looking for a weekend warrior. Come on. He said, I'm not looking for a one-night stand. Not a one-time deal. I'm looking for a commitment from you. I'm looking for you to make a commitment that says, I, I'll give my life for you, Jesus, just like you gave your life for me. When the boys step up to you and say, ah, you look so beautiful. That hair, oh, you just, your skin's so soft like silk. And you go, oh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a child of a king. You don't defile this temple. It's holy. It's, it's got God in it. It's got glory in it. You ain't allowed to touch this. God done brought me too far. You just need to step on back. Mr. or sister, whatever you are, you need to just back on off because I've got a date with Jesus today. He's my Lord and my Savior. And when the Mr. Right comes along, he won't even be up on your grill trying to touch anything. He will honor you like the gentleman Jesus is. He'll open the door for you and let you in an end. He'll buy for you, and he'll take care of you. He'll respect you, because that's the way my Jesus is. You want the Lord to do something today? Come on up right now. I'm, I'm opening the altar up. This is a place to lay things on the altar. I, it's not a bad place. It's a good place. It's a place that you can lay sins on. It's a place you can lay hurtfulness on. It's a place you can renew some things. It's a place you can be restored at in Jesus' name.
believe there's power in the name of Jesus. You want to, you want deliverance today? You want to be delivered of depression or depression? Come forth. I serve a God that's able. He's going to break every chain. Every chain will be broken.